You're listening to an episode of Tommy's Wild Shots with your host, Thomas Wild. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Tommy's Wild Shots, where the takes are almost as crazy as Travis Kelsey was after winning the Super Bowl. I'm your host, Thomas Wildman, and um, today we're going to be doing a little bit of a different episode. This is going to be the first episode of Tommy's Quick Draw, an episode where I quickly go over sports news, and it's just going to be me, so you're just going to be hearing me talk for the next few minutes here. Um, We're not going to be here long. So let's get right straight into it. Super Bowl 57 was this past Sunday, and simply put, while it might not have had the best ending to a Super Bowl ever, my goodness, the rest of that game was exceptional. Only 10 points was the minimum scored in every quarter, and that was in the third quarter where Kansas City got one touchdown, the Eagles only got a field goal, but uh, yeah, just a great game all at the end. 38-35, to there's not a lot more you could ask, uh, considering that some of the last Super Bowls have kind of been little one-sided or two teams really or like one team really just ran away with it or whatever like this has probably been the best Super Bowl I would say since the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl taking on uh, the taking on the Patriots back then and when they captured their very first Super Bowl great game Patrick Mahomes actually had a pretty modest day considering uh, 182 yards three touchdowns though of course 21 for 27. Uh, he didn't hit his prop bet that uh, if you were playing prop bets, which I was. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco had a great day. 15 carries, 76 yards, 5 for 1 and average and 1 touchdown. Uh, Grid running game. That, he was the best runner of the day. Travis Kelsey had a touchdown and 81 yards with on six receptions. Canarius Tony actually got on the board with 5 yards and 1 touchdown. And Sky Moore, the other scorer for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Eagles, like I said, they had a great day too. Jalen Hurts, 304 yards and a touchdown, 27 for 38. Not the best completion to attempts ratio, but pretty damn good. He played really good. Uh, Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns, which was tied for the most in a Super Bowl. Uh, Really great play from him there. He was the rushing leader, of course, 70 yards on top of that. And so just great play from him. Receiving core, Devontae Smith with a 100-yard game off of seven receptions. A.J. Brown, 96 yards off of one touchdown. And uh, that's kind of just about it. Uh, some good play otherwise. But yeah, really great play from both teams. Um, it's good to see uh, the Chiefs doing well. They get their second Super Bowl. We, we were talking in the episodes before about uh, how good Patrick Mahomes is. He's not the GOAT yet. He's only got two. But... Um, He's on his way. He's on his way. He has better stats, I'd say, than uh, it's been shown that he had better stats at his age than Tom Brady did. They are about the same for Super Bowls, both having two. Um, Mahomes has a Super Bowl MVP and a play MVP of the year, two of them. And yeah, Mahomes is really, he's getting the hardware. He's getting her done. He needs to, to become the GOAT. He needs five more, I think. But he's damn good. He's certainly in the upper echelon of NFL uh, quarterbacks nowadays, and I would say probably definitely is in that top 10. But that's about it for football. We will now get into um, NHL talk, and mainly we're going to be talking about trade deadline targets and uh, players who have been traded and whatnot. Of course, we kind of covered all the major ones, and the big thing that's interesting, at least here in Alberta, is the fact that pretty much every 
the two defense like for a while there the big rumors were all around Chikrin. how we were going to get Chikrin. what was the trade what was how would it all work out Chikrin was, was this, just this big big ask but uh the as time has gone on now the big thing is everybody's coming up with how do we get eric carlson and so <clears throat> it's hard to talk about either of them without really being you know just hard on either of them Carlson, the big thing is that you could have gotten maybe like a first or a second if you took on Carlson's massive contract. Now teams are asking, now San Jose is asking for three first round picks reportedly to get that. I don't know. I've been one who's been like, Ken Holland should have that first round pick on the trade block. He should be. But three of them? That's a lot. That's a lot. I, 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 I just, I have a hard time seeing that. Like, I'm looking at um, the trade deadline lists here of players that were on there and you don't see Carlson on there, and it makes sense. He's got four years. Like, he's a tough ass. Like, the number one p guy, and ironically from San Jose, is Timo Meyer, who uh, lots of the big guns really want, but um, none of it, like, the question of where he's coming from. But that's just been the big talks in, NH in Edmonton right now has been all Carlson, 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 and... You know, I would say before the deadline, and like they, and like everybody's like saying, the rumors are that McDavid and Drysaitel played exclusively with him in the All Star game because they they wanted to play with him later. Or that's the question there, and blah 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 blah. It's a lot of nonsense, and I just don't think it's gonna happen. There's been, you know, Frank Cervalli goes on Oilers Nation, and he's like, oh, I don't think it's ever gonna happen, and then all of a sudden he's tweeting out that now there's been reports because Gregor said something. Like, it's just people are just throwing things out there, and everybody's trying to get the media storming, and I mean, the media is in, in, engulfed in madness right now. It, Dustin Nielsen called it madness today on his show, and I, that's what it is. It is madness, madness about this Carlson nonsense. I'm going to put it this way. Carlson would be a great ad if he is this Carlson right now for the last three years of his contract. I don't think he is. I think Carlson has major injury problems. I think he's finally found it. Maybe he's maybe he's off to the races, but I just, I just don't see it. Uh, the big problem, I think maybe the other reason that um, rumors have stopped surrounding Jacob Chikrin to the Oilers is because Chikrin has, it sounds like, from talks I've heard and rumors and stuff like that and seeing on Twitter, that people figured Chikrin was going to L.A., er, and he hasn't. And uh, the question of if Chikrin went to L.A., if he, if that would maybe push the Oilers to actually do something, push Ken Holland, as L.A. is the danger against the Oilers. But, um, yeah, just lots of interesting things. Gavrikov, like, the big problem is, is that there's not really a great defenseman like Chikrin's the good one but like Vladislav Gavrikov he's a great player I like him but he's not he's not the big name he's gonna cost a little bit for to get him and I don't know how great he is he's um permission to talk he's an unrestricted free agent like yeah he's got a cheap cap hit but like I don't know it's like he's a good ad but I and I think you're kind of looking at him as like the oh you don't get Chikrin well I guess you get Gavrikov but I don't think the big thing is that the Oilers need a defenseman who will, you know, play really good, um, you know, defense. Like, not an offensive defenseman, but also the Oilers really want an offensive defenseman to, you know, kind of get get the puck out of the zone. That's what all the star players are asking for, apparently. And that's just, that's just interesting, in my opinion. And 
I don't know if they can find that. I think both are important, but I don't know if they'll find both of those in um, this in this trade deadline. Like you know, you got John Klingberg, but he hasn't been great at all before like this year. He's got a seven million cap hit too, which means there's some juggling there. Uh, you got Luke Shen. He's on a pretty cheap contract, but uh, he's he's not really you know the greatest player ever. Gosses Bear is interesting. Like every defense on this list here has is the rumors have been listed to Edmonton, Joel Edmondson. Like I think we need to get one of them, but I don't know if really there's a great play there. Like Jake McCabe is on that list as well. Like Matias Ekholm. It's gonna be interesting as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline what teams are going to become sellers and who they're going to put up on their availability. We're seeing a lot more stuff from uh, the Oilers recently, or not the Oilers, the St. Louis Blues recently, their core. Of course, they are obviously sellers if they're going to sell Vladimir Cherisenko. Uh, I think Ryan O'Reilly will be next out. He's, of course, rumored to Toronto, and Toronto's got some interesting things. The other thing is, is that um, the Oilers have been linked to Patrick Kane, and... Everybody, like, lots of people like the idea of Jonathan Taves coming, but there's been no concrete rumors that Jonathan Taves is making appearance in Edmonton. And so Kane's the big one. He's at a 10.5, which is less than um, Carlson's contract. I think Kane would be really, really good. But um, it sounds like Kane really wanted to go to the Rangers. He basically... <laughs> he, he basically just... His, his girl was stolen. Vladimir Tarasenko stole that sexy mistress that is the New York Rangers, and uh, now he kind of seems all sad and bummed, and it seems like he's not wanting to go to this team or that team, and he has no trade cause, so, like, he has to, they have to, he has to be okay with it, so it's going to be interesting. And also, Blackhawks have to retain as much as half his salary cap hit, because, again, 10.5 is a lot still, but Kane's uh, not really going to be Kane, I, it's possible Kane won't get moved despite the fact, and so yeah, it's strange to think that um, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane might leave uh, the Blackhawks without really anything happening, and they might maybe sign some more team-friendly contracts maybe afterwards if like they want to stick around, but I doubt Taves and Kane, they're, they're getting up there in age, are really in the mood to uh, stick around as uh, mentors to the Blackhawks organization, especially with all the the firestorm that is exclu- that is the Sh- Chicago Blackhawks organization right now due to all the turmoil of uh, that nonsense. But in terms of a firestorm and nothing great happening, my goodness, I the Oilers right now like so they really had a good finish before the um, All Star break. It was great, and then they come back and you know these last seven games. I'm just sitting here and being like. Really? Like, so they play, so like, these last eight games, yeah, eight. So these last eight games, the Oilers um, played the Canucks, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, Red, Red Wings twice, Flyers, Senators, and the Canadians. I would say that all of those are winnable games, and I would expect the Oilers to at least get, you know, like, I would, I'd say, so you got seven games, the most points you can get there are four, or eight games, you can get 16 points if you win every single one of them. Um, and so, you know, divide that. I'd say the Oilers should have got, like, at least 10 points. 10-ish points, maybe 11, like, something like that. So the Oilers beat the Canucks, good. They got two points there. Uh, lost an OT to the Black Blue Jackets, okay, so they get one point there. Beat the Oil- the Blackhawks, good, good, so now they're at five. Uh, beat the Red Wings, they're now at seven. 
Then they lose in the shootout to the Flyers, so now they're at 8. They beat the Senators, now they're at 10, and then lose to the Canadians, lose to the Red Wings. So I guess it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, so they get 11 points here. But the fact that they all their loss so they lost terribly to the canadians which isn't good they couldn't close they had to come back because of just not good play yesterday against the red wings and then couldn't close out a sh- win in the shootout um they can't and then lost an ot to the blue jackets you definitely don't want to do that like they're one of the worst teams in the league and i guess carhartt played really good against with the flyers but it was just not a great game and like that's the soft part of the Oilers' schedule. Like, yeah, there's some easier, but like, March is closely approaching, and they've got some tough matchups as the time goes on. Like, and they have some big, they need to win matchups. So, like, the Rangers tomorrow, uh, you know, I would hope the Oilers can be good and beat the Rangers, but at the same time, it's the Rangers, and they're a really good team, really good goaltending, and they're they're buzzing right now. Avalanche, Avalanche are a tough team. Yes, they have some major injuries, but. You know, they're a tough team. Flyers, apparently, are a tough team for the Oilers to beat. Uh, Penguins are good. Blue Jackets, again, that's a game you need to win. Bruins, you can take that as a wash. Maple Leafs is, uh, in my opinion, a game you must win just because you, it's a, it's a, you know, you got to beat the Maple Leafs because if not, they will continue to make fun of us forever and it's boring. Uh, Jets, that's a team that I would like. The Oilers and the Jets, they kind of, they go to the Jets first or and then the Oilers go to the Jets, um, little Western Alberta versus Manitoba matchup there. I think you want to win one of those games because Jets might be a team you run into um, near the conference finals, or if you happen to be a wild card team near the bottom, you might have to play them. Uh, if you somehow beat the Dallas Stars uh, as the top team in the West, but like, it's interesting to see. But like, I just the Oilers are just not like. Their inconsistency is aggravating and doesn't prove anything to me. Like, the Oilers last year were bad. They were not good. They were not a playoff team going into January. At this point, like, we saw all the stuff that Jay Woodcroft came on. And Jay Woodcroft wrote the ship. He turned it back on the right ways. They They start rolling. They get that second seed. I don't see that change, like... Everybody was like, oh, the Oilers are better, and they had a great January. They played really good in January, but this February has been pretty middling. They, they've still got two weeks to fix it up a bit, but, like, you know, they're, they're running out of time. March is coming, and standings-wise, it's, uh, it's not really looking too good. You know, everybody's been like, oh, the Oilers are within striking distance, and they are. They are uh, went away from being tied with the Golden Knights. But I just, I just don't see, like, this reminds me so much of, like, when the Oilers came into those playoffs, like, in the COVID year, year, and, like, they just looked flat sometimes against certain teams, and I think that hurts them massively, and I really don't know. Like, so, yeah, they get third, and they take on the Kings. I think the Kings would beat them. The Kings would beat them right now, easily. In a seven-game series, I think the Kings would win. If they're completely healthy, and I don't think they're... And that was a big part of the playoff series last year. The Kings weren't completely healthy, so... It's just, it's it's tough. So I I, put, I tweeted it out last night because I was just incensed at the fact that we lost to the Red Wings and just couldn't, like, just looked bad. Nothing looked good. And, like, when they scored, they scored. It was like, great, great, great. But, like, some fluffs, goals, and some just not great. And I, 
I tweeted out that um, the ball is in Ken Holland's court, and I think it is. If Ken Holland doesn't do anything this trade deadline, like, and the Oilers just limp into the playoffs and limp out like nothing, and it'll be like, oh yeah, but we made the playoffs. Like that's not the that's not the goalpost that the Oilers should be at right now. You know, like everybody, I don't believe in the rumors that the Oilers are gonna lose. McDavid and Dreisaitl the second their contracts come up. But I'm not exactly thinking that they're secure. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's like, oh, they'll leave, they'll leave. And I, if the Oilers keep on doing nothing to make those amends, like, I think I, I'm predicting that I would say Holland will more than likely stand almost completely pat. He'll make one big acquisition, probably send away freaking... He'll probably send away one of our good prospects or a good player and just be like, oh, well, you know, we could we could use this and it'll be it'll just it'll just look bad and we'll be like, great, like he'll he'll trade Devin Shore for nothing, like it's or Yessi Puliarvi for some random death player and it's just like, cool, I guess, like I don't know, like it just. Like you know, it just that's just what I'm thinking here, or maybe they try and send. Like, Vinny DeHarnay was injured, and, like, there's a... Everybody's saying there's a bit of a bug going around, but, like, I could see him trading Bouchard away for nothing, or, hell, even Tyson Berry after he's been playing good. But, yeah, it's just it's just tough, tough right now for the Oilers because, you know, you want to look good, but, like, I just don't trust them right now. So that's going to about do it for this episode of Tommy's Wild Shots, with this edition being Tommy's Quick Draw, episode one. And so thank you so much for watching. If you would like to talk to me about any sporting news, sporting takes, or anything like that, hit me up at thomaswildman18 on Instagram, uh, thomaswildman3 on Twitter, and uh, just thomaswildman on Facebook. Shoot any ideas for guests or people or topics you'd like to talk about. Um, I'm thinking we will, of course, we kind of starting here at the end of the NFL season, so there wasn't a lot to talk about, but uh, we'll get talking about basketball and um, the MLB offseason, of course, is right now. I just don't have a lot of research on that. I kind of want to wait to see all that stuff go by. And, of course, we'll always have NHL talks to go over. And um, there's also lots of other interesting uh, sporting news right now. So, yeah, we'll be talking a lot more about that coming up next week. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening once again, and have yourselves a happy Family Day weekend.